Hello, hello, and welcome back to Coffee Stains EDU Podcast. We are coming back with episode 14, Effective Communication. Today's episode, we're going to discuss how you can effectively communicate with families and coworkers and different techniques you can use. We're also going to discuss how to improve your communication skills. We're going to focus on listening to understand, not to respond, and other ways that you can improve your communication. Why is communication important? It's what we do on a daily basis. There are many people that do not know how to effectively communicate. Therefore, their relationships are just destroyed. They're damaged. They they end before they even begin because they don't have effective communication. A lot of people feel that They do know how to communicate, um, but you have to understand that there are many ways to communicate, and you also have to be mindful of who you're speaking to, because how you are trying to deliver something might not be received or perceived the same way from the recipient. So there's a lot of skills that go into play when you are talking about communicating and how to be effective when you're communicating. So I felt this was an important topic to discuss because as you guys are are aware, I am an assistant principal for an elementary school and I am constantly communicating, whether it is with teachers, whether it's with my co-APs, whether it's with my principal, whether it's with families or students, I am constantly in communication with multiple people on multiple levels throughout my day. And it's very important to be able to have effective communication so that it's productive and what you're trying to communicate is clear, right? That's important. We want to make sure that we are very clear when we're trying to talk and communicate what we want our, the person or the, the audience to get out of our message. And again, communication is not only about speaking and delivering a message. It's, all about, it's also about receiving. How well do you listen? How well do you receive? What do you do with that information? So again, as I say in every episode, my episodes are 25 minutes or, or less, sorry. <laughs> 25 minutes or less. I know that we are busy. We have hectic lives. We, we are going through battles that other people have no idea we are dealing with. We have families, we have children, we have spouses, we have work, we have the gym, we have to cook, we have to clean, we have to take care of home. The list goes on and on and on. So I try to make my episodes, and I don't try, I think I've been doing pretty well so far. And um, I think the most I've ever, I think I've gone past 25 minutes, but like 30 seconds, 20 seconds, and it was driving me crazy, but the content was necessary. Um, I do not feel it was a waste of time. I try to make each episode as beneficial as possible. I try to pack it with gems and information that you can take on and implement into your daily lives. I don't want this to be a waste of time. I don't want this just me coming on and venting. This is um, a podcast for educators, school leaders, aspiring school leaders, and the general public. You know, like I say in every episode. Um, the, the tips and advice and uh, suggestions that I provide, I do cater more towards 
the education field because that is my background and that is the field I'm currently working in. But I do discuss skills and tips that can be implemented into your daily life, whether you are a doctor, a stay-at-home mom, a teacher, you are a cashier, whatever role you play, whatever position you have, I take pride in knowing that the material and the information I share, you can implement and apply to your life as a whole. Again, I recommend topics. I am open to suggestions on how to improve my podcast and I welcome all feedback. You can reach me at GenevaRodriguez30 at gmail.com. You can reach me on Instagram, coffeestains underscore edu, coffeestains underscore edu. And we have a website, coffeestains.org, coffeestains.org. Like I say in every, every, every episode, I will continue to say it in every, every episode, my material is not edited. I do not edit my material. Um, say edit it sounds weird. <laughs> I don't edit my material. It's raw. It's authentic. I want you to get the real me. I want you to hear what you hear and take it for what you take it for. Um, I hope that when I deliver a message is received as how I attempt to deliver it, which goes hand in hand with effective communication, right? It's important for us to try to put ourselves in other people's shoes, especially the, our audience. That way we are effectively communicating. So let's dive right into it. First, I'm going to go into, again, because I'm in the role of a school leader, I'm going to go into how to effectively communicate with families, coworkers, and so on and so forth. Again, this is something that you can apply to any role you have, okay? Currently have, because of course, you're open to changing that based on your needs and your happiness. So as far as with school, it's important to open up that line of communication ASAP as soon as possible with families, okay? It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to educate a child. It's not only the responsibility of a school. I'm going to repeat that. It's not only the responsibility of a school to educate a child. Yes, you are dropping that child off to a school and they are there a majority of the day, but education starts at home. And with that being said, we need to be in community. We need, <clears throat> well, I don't know why that came out like that. <laughs> we need to be in community. We need to work together. We need to have an open line of communication between the school and the families. That way we are all on the same page. We are all working together as a team to help grow this child, to help build this child, to help educate this child and to prepare them for the real world, right? That is our goal. So as a school employee, we need to focus on how we can open up those lines of communication with families. And we have to be mindful of these family dynamics, okay? You know, it is unfortunate that many of the teachers that work in, um, in certain communities, how do I phrase this without getting myself in trouble? <laughs> how, um, many of the teachers that work in um, low-income communities um, never lived or grew up in the community as such. So it is your responsibility as a teacher, if you are that person, if the shoe fits, to educate yourself on the children you are 
educating. How can you meet them where they are? How can you provide them the support if you don't really take the time to really get to know who they are and to get to know their upbringing and to get to know their community, okay? Yes, it's hard because you're not going to go live in their home with them. You know, you might not ever live in that community. But you need to be open to exploring that and to learning about their upbringing, their community, their culture, their traditions, okay? Because it does play a role in their education. It does play a role in how you're going to be able to communicate and create these teens and, and community with their parents, their families, right? So we have to be open to that as educators. Educate yourself, explore the community, read a book, read what's going on in the community, you know, newspapers, see what's going on. Educate yourself, listen to the kids, talk to the kids. Genuinely take an interest in who they are and their background. That's going to help you, okay, with the communication. We need to make that a priority if we're working with students, okay? You need to open up a line of communication. So like when I was in the classroom, I started off the school year with a welcome letter, with a parent newsletter, just open, in, introducing myself, right? Um, letting them know what to expect throughout the school year and also letting them know that I want to be in communication with them, how I find that very important, okay? So as a teacher, you can do that. Again, every school has their own guidelines, so make sure you follow those protocols. Um, but I am sure all schools, most schools, if not all, ex expect that of you, right? They expect you to open up that line of communication with the families, introduce yourself, or meet the teacher letter or something to that effect, right? With communication, with, I mean, sorry, with contact information. So again, find out what your district's protocols are. Do you share just your email? Do you have certain hours where you're available to talk to the parents? Is it only on parent engagement day, right? When I was a teacher, we had, I was you know, my availability was when I was on prep. I was fine with talking to parents during those times. I was fine talking to parents after school. Again, you have to make sure you're following protocol and if it's your schedule, don't do anything that you're not going to feel comfortable with or it's going to take away from other things. You need to set time aside to have those parents, parent engagement times to communicate with the families. And you also want to be mindful of how they, they best communicate, right? We have parents that's, that work two or three jobs. We have parents that do not speak English. Um, we have parents that don't have a phone. Um, yes, might not have a phone or might not have an email, have access to email, or might not be tech savvy to be able to do those, to, to communicate with you those ways. We have to be mindful of our population and open that line of communication. Provide multiple ways for parents to communicate with you, whether it's a parent log in the child's folder, whether it's a, a, um, a text service, right? A Google phone number. That way, if you don't feel comfortable with giving, you, giving them your number, whether it's a WhatsApp family group, right? I mean, group, um, yeah, yeah, a group or whatever, or just a number, you having them communicate with you through WhatsApp, right? Maybe it's through email. Maybe your school just wants, you know, really encourages you, you, really encourages you just to 
communicate during parent engagement, you know, time set aside during the week to speak to parents through email. But I suggest that you provide two or three ways for the parents to communicate with you. That way you're giving, you're, you're, you're catering to the needs of your community, catering to the needs of your families and being mindful of that and being open to that, right? That's going to help build those relationships between you and the family. It's going to build trust it's going to build just communication. And the kids are going to see that, oh, my parents are on board with my school. My school's on board with my parents. Uh-oh, they ain't playing. They, they, you know, they care. You know, whether it's going to be a kid that's going to say, you know, I need this. I appreciate this. I'm happy because I need all the support I can. You know, whether it's a kid that he knows now he can't play himself and take advantage because both, both sides are on board. Whatever the case may be, open that line of communication with families. Let's go to coworkers, right? Oh, and but let's go back to that. Let's not just communicate when things go wrong with our kids, right? We wanna we wanna talk about the glows. We wanna we wanna talk about we wanna praise them. We just don't want parents to have this anxiety that whenever they see our number or whenever they see the school number or they see an email, that is something bad. I remember that it, whew, it, it used to just stress me out because I did have a struggle with my oldest son, and whenever I would see that phone, e- I mean my phone ringing, I would dread picking it up. My heart would start beating. I would think the worst. Sometimes I wish I can avoid the phone call, but God knows what was going to be happening or what was going on. I had to pick up, but it caused a lot of stress and anxiety on my end as a mom because every phone call I received was bad news. Let's let's just take a little bit more effort into reaching out just to acknowledge something good that that child did that's going to help trust me the parents know that their kids are tough or rough they know you know we have those certain kids parents know that let's just be mindful of that okay so let's talk about communication with coworkers. It's important too, okay? We have, um, we just went over an episode, Collaboration Not Isolation, with Dr. Shanae, the beautiful, beautiful Dr. Shanae, who's so awesome. Um, thank you again to you for coming on to our show. We want to work in collaboration. We are not in isolation. We cannot close down, shut down, close our doors and just keep it pushing. So with that being said, we need to have communication with our coworkers. Okay. A lot of schools are really big. They might not even ever talk to some of the coworkers, but you pass an adult in the hallway, acknowledge them, talk to them. If you are a co-teacher, we know we 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 hear horror stories about collaborations in the classroom that just do not work. I know several people that it just doesn't work for them, it, and it's just sad. And you know that goes that boils down to effective communication from day one. You open up that line of communication. You come in there with peace, positivity, and you letting this person know that you want to build a relationship for the sake of the kids. I think that approach will help ease up anybody that's very, you know, um, not as receptive to embracing an ICT partnership, right? We know that the kids need it. It's the benefit of the kids. We need to set aside our personal preferences, our feelings, and just do our job. So opening that line of communication, effective communication with your coworkers, you know, it's unfortunate there's clicks, people talk, people gossip, yada, yada, yada. That's just something we cannot avoid and never will avoid no matter what job you are in. 
But have effective communication is important. You're working with these people. You're with them 10 months out of the year, some people more because they work summer school. You're with them all day. Effective communication is important. I always say email, 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 because while you might have good intentions, there's always someone with a hidden agenda. There's some cruel people in the world. We got to keep it 100. I got burned many, many times in the past when I began, when I first started, when I first started as a teacher, because I, I was too trust, trustworthy, you know, I was seeing the best in everyone and I would all, and I would just have conversations in person and thought that that was just good enough because, Hey, I thought our word was good enough. Right. But it would, I would get caught up in some mess or it would come back and bite me in my butt. So I started following up with emails. And even if you do have that conversation with that person, follow up with an email, follow up with an email. It's effective communication, right? Because now you're following up, you know, maybe something was said during the conversation that was very important that you guys said you would do next steps or yada, yada, yada. You were setting up an appointment, right? There's a lot of things that can happen within those communication times um, that you might not want to miss. So always following up, up, up with an email holds you guys both accountable to that conversation. And also you can follow up with the major points of that, of, of that um, interaction, which is effective communication, right? I'm following up with a conversation that we had earlier today. And this is what we discussed. Boom, we discussed um, how to differentiate in the classroom. We discussed setting up a meeting with parents. We discussed, um, I don't know, a science assessment, right? Whatever you guys discussed, you know, an email will help you solidify it all and also just helps you as a reminder. And it helps you practice your communication via email. Helps you, it shows the other person that you, are, you, can be, you should be taken serious and that you, you take pride in what you do. Okay, so I'm going to go on to how to improve your conversation. Maybe I should have started with that first, or maybe I can end. I could have ended with that, but it's kind of um, it's kind of gonna wrap up the the podcast. Okay, how to improve your communication. So I found some resources online from multiple places. Um, again. The internet is such a great resource for so many things. You can just find anything on there. So how to improve your communication skills? You have to be an active listener. And what does that mean to be an active listener? So many people think that I'm a good listener. I'm good listener. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. You're just hearing me and you're already preparing your response to what I'm saying. So you're not really actively listening. Sometimes people just want you to listen, listen to what they're really saying and really grasp that. So how does that look for you? If you're, if you're not comfortable with that, you're not used to doing that, you have to practice being an active listener. Being an active listener is that you're not paying attention to, you're not focusing on what you're going to say next. You're not paying attention to what's happening later, what happened earlier. You are fully present in the moment and you're listening to that person. How can you be an effective listener? Take notes. Let the person know, listen, I'm learning how to be an, um, a, a better listener. I want to be, you know, I want this conversation to be productive. Um, I want some solutions at the end. I want this to be a meaningful conversation and exchange. So I'm going to take notes. That way I can, you know, I can follow, I can talk about each point that you've made, right? Repeating what you hear, right? So what you said was that you are struggling in the classroom with small groups, right? Repeating what you hear shows that you are listening, that you're, you're being present and you, and it helps you also like build those skills of being an active listener. Cause now you know that you're going to have to repeat what you said. That means you have to listen to what you're listening, what you're hearing, right? 
you want to be you want to be mindful of your body language as well okay body language is everything eye contact is everything um, how are you standing? Where's your hands? Where are you looking? Um, your facial expressions, you know, be, be mindful of those things. Um, your body posture, all those things are important when you're communicating. If you're sitting, don't put your hands, you know, crossing your hands across your body kind of like is giving a signal that you're not interested. You're being standoffish, right? You can look that up online. I'll post it actually on the website. Um, body language when effective, um, when communicating body language says a lot, right? It speaks more sometimes than our, our, our words. Okay. Hold effective meetings. So like I said, when you have a meeting with somebody, you want to follow up when you setting meetings, set an agenda. It's so important to set an agenda for meetings that way you stay on track and, you, and you're, you're focusing and you're accomplishing something within that meeting. When you go into a meeting and you're not sure what you're going to say, you're just winging it, that is not effective communication. You have to make sure that you are setting an agenda, have important bullets, but not let, make sure it's not too lengthy, right? You want it to be meaningful, three to five, possibly, and stick to that. Check it off. Check it off whenever you, you cover that. Okay, and ask for feedback. The only way you can become better at communicating and, and, and um, being effective in what you do is if you ask for feedback. And sometimes it's hard to receive because a lot of people are very hard, um, it's very hard for people to receive criticism or um, receive constructive criticism and to receive feedback. You need, to be, you need to be ready to receive that and know what you're gonna do with that information. Are you just going to take it and throw it out the window? Are you going to take it, put it in your pocket and maybe use it later? Or are you going to reflect on that feedback and see how you can improve yourself? Like for me, I, I'm doing this podcast, but I'm learning and I'm growing along the process. I've never done this in my life. I read a few articles on how to do it. I signed up for a newsletter that I received every day on steps to create a podcast, right? And um, this is why I'm always open to feedback and suggestions because I want to improve. I want to become better. And I have to be receptive to that. I have to reflect on what my feedback is and try to implement it, right? So you need to be open. You need to be open to all of that. Open to all of that. Effective communication is also explaining your reasons. Explaining, having evidence, having proof, having reasons why you are saying what you're saying and the decisions you are making in that exchange, Okay. And it's okay, you know, prepare for the, your this this communication. Don't go into a meeting, don't go into a conversation with a family member or coworker, don't type an email without planning, without thinking it through. Be meaningful in everything you do. Okay? And also be mindful of your mind state when you are communicating. Okay? I keep saying okay. <laughs> Like, I'm going to hear your response, but, um, <laughs> you want, you know, we recently received an email and it was very impulsive and was very unprofessional. And we know, we know the emotions that were behind it, but it wasn't effective communication. You know, people lose respect for you. People, you, you know, your, your, your word loses value when you are very impulsive with the decisions you make or the way you come off if you are feeling a, a temporary feeling. And like I said in a previous um, podcast, and I will continuously say it because it applies, do not make permanent decisions on temporary feelings. Let it rock. Let it slide. Go take a breather. To do something else and come back to it. But you want to be effective in your communication. You want to improve your communication. And if you're angry at the moment, you're sad at the moment, you feel, 
just, I don't know, feelings that are going to make you not think clear or make a good, um, an effective decision, then don't do it at all. You can just say, I'll get back to you on that. Um, to not, right now is not a good time, right? But that's why it's always good to prepare, prepare for that interaction, prepare for that conversation because you want all interactions to be meaningful. And this is going to take time, but practice makes perfect. So practice it, practice it. Um, think of ways you're going to talk to your families. Think of ways how you can be effect, uh, uh, communicate effectively and practice it. Consistency is key. It's not going to happen overnight, but you have to practice it. You have to be meaningful. There are many um, articles and books and how-tos, steps on how to improve your communication. But there are many um, resources online as well, okay? If you look at... Um, Hubstop blog, Hubspot blog. Again, I'm going to post this on the website, coffeestains.org, coffeestains.org. I'm going to post some resources on how to improve your communication. Okay, because this is very important. We communicate in every day and everything we do. And, you know, sometimes we can avoid um, misconceptions. We can avoid frustration, anger, um, disagreements. If we just improve how we communicate and how we receive what other people are saying. So I'm going to wrap it up right there. And I am going to challenge you right now after you listen to this podcast to figure out if you're a teacher, how can you improve there's going to be two challenges here, okay? So if you're in the educational field, how can your my challenge for you is how can you improve your communication with your families? Because it's very important. The other challenge is I'm challenging all listeners to improve your communication skills. I challenge you to th- to this week to think of how you can improve on your communication skills. So this is going to take a moment of self-reflection. So take a moment to sit, recap a conversation that you had previously. How can you improve it? How can you become better at it? And keep a log, keep a a log throughout the week of how you've communicated. Did you implement those new steps, those strategies? Did you struggle? Why did you struggle? Was it the person? Was it you? Was it the topic of discussion? Focus. And I'm going to wrap it up right now because I went over my time. But again, this is Coffee Stained. Dot edu is I'm sorry <laughs> the Coffee Stains Edu podcast. This is Geneva Rodriguez, your host. Thank you for listening. You can catch us on IG Coffee Stains underscore Edu, Coffee Stains underscore Edu, and you can find us on the web at Coffee Stains org. You can listen to us on Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Thank you for tuning in, and it's a wrap.